some owners, even though it's a dressage horse and I would typically photograph it with its head up higher, they might love when their head's a little bit more relaxed. So I always kind of try and start a session asking, do you have a way that you want your horse's head set? Because I don't want to pose them and then have them be like, oh darn, I wish you had their head a little different. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera, downloading a free app on my iPad, and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six-figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now, I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the Equine Photography Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Equine Photography Podcast. Today, we are joined by our not only our first ever guest, but our first ever second time guest, Kirsten Ziegler. Kirsten, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. I think you should just be like a weekly co-host of the show. I feel like we could just talk a lot and we'll record it and call it a podcast. <laughs> that sounds like an excellent plan to me, honestly. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between Western and English horses, how to handle them differently in a shoot, what things to look for. Kirsten, talk to us a little bit about Martini and Leo, the two precious loves of your life. <laughs> um, well, Leo is my um, horse that I've had the longest. He's my hunter and ek horse. Um, and then Martini is my rainer that I've had for like six or seven months now. Um, and it's a super new discipline to me. I didn't start it until about a year ago. Um, so that's them. And <laughs> One is very large and one is very small. I love seeing them together because like the contrast makes Leo look like he is like 19 hands tall and like Martini is a, maybe a medium pony. Yeah. I think Martini is about 14 hands. And is Leo's that about, it? Oh my God. Yeah. So cute. Leo's not that big for a hunter. He's only, he's maybe like 16 hands. He might even be 15, three, who knows, but he looks like he's about 17 too next to Martini. <laughs> Martini is like equally as wide as he is. Like he's like a square, basically. I think. Yeah, and if you look at pictures of me on each of them, Leo actually looks smaller because of where my heel hits. Yeah, him, and you see like more of Martini's belly because <laughs> he's so he's he's like thick with like twelve C's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love that you have like both and are enjoying this new discipline. What are kind of your thoughts, like the differences between when you go to a shoot, when you know it's going to be a Western horse versus you're going to a shoot, it's going to be an English horse, like point out some of the key differences there. I think the biggest thing is um, usually size, especially, I mean, I, I work a lot with um, like the Rainers and the um, ranch riders and everything. And those horses are usually a little bit smaller and more stout. Um, the, like, uh, in the quarter horse world, you know, those, they do have some pretty tall horses, but I think to keep it simple, we can just kind of talk about like the rainers versus the, the jumpers and the hunters who are usually a lot taller. Um, I think that's the biggest thing to 
keep in mind because you might have your kind of, let's just say 10 standard poses that you do and they work really great for your big hunters. And then you try to do the same thing with your little Western ponies and all of a sudden it just doesn't quite work and you have to, you know, change your hand placement or, you know, switch sides. And it's just kind of coming up with different variations of similar posing um, to accommodate the size differences. Yeah, totally. So like, let's say, you know, we talked a little bit about how you have done shoots with both of your two horses who are very different sizes and very Mm -hmm. different like stature. (laughs) Um, What are some of the things like some of the pose variations, like let's say you're shooting with Martini. What are you doing with Martini versus when you're shooting with Leo? So Martini, I can do a lot of um, hands over his back, over his neck. I can kind of wrap myself almost like on top and around him where Leo, even though he's not huge, like I just can't wrap myself around him the same way. I can kind of put my hand over his back, but it's a little bit awkward and higher up. Um So usually I just switch from with Martini, I'll pose with my hands on top of him and, you know, petting the top side of his neck, where with Leo, I wrap myself kind of more underneath him and interact with him kind of coming over my shoulder instead of me going over his neck and head, if that makes sense. I'm making a lot of visuals. (laughs) (laughs) That totally makes sense, though. I mean, I think that's something... (laughs) Right, I know. That's something that, like, I think is to, like right when you show up to a shoot, whether it is a Western horse, an English horse, like just seeing the person standing next to their horse and kind of like keeping that in the back of your mind, like, okay, this person is like five, nine and their little ranch pony is like 14 hands. So I'm probably not going to be able to have them like tucking their arm, like up under this horse's neck and giving them like, you know, like the pose from like the horse's booty and you're like hugging Mm -hmm. them from behind. Like you're probably not going to be like wrapping around from behind or if it's, you know, sometimes there's like the five, one rider who only wants the 18 hand warm blood. Like you're, she's not going to be able to put her arm up over and just kind of like thinking about that beforehand and having a game plan. Like you're saying about, you know, okay, I know I'm going to, be more on the underside of the neck versus over as soon as you walk in and see that type of situation. Yeah. And I think with the, that same pose that you're talking about, the from behind kind of really classic shot, I think we've all done it. We all love it. It's printed in my house. Like it's one of my favorite poses. I can't do that with martini and it, it just doesn't quite work (laughs) because it, I have to crunch down a ton and I think a really good um, uh, like alternative is um, to crouch and do like crouching poses because you can get kind of underneath them still and you're not like reaching for them because they're 18 hands. It it kind of brings you guys on a, you know, closer together without anything being too awkward and gives you more um, room to play. Yeah, no, totally. I do think there are some poses that work really well with like the little Western horse. Like you're saying, like crouch, if you're like 
crouching down by a horse who's like 18 hands, like it can look a little awkward, you know, look a little, a little more risky than when it's like the 14 hand little quarter horse. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What about, we talked a little bit about reins, you know, obviously a lot of the times with Western horses, you're going to have like split reins versus any kind of English discipline. You're going to have your reins together. So what are you doing differently with that? And how are you keeping that in mind? There's quite a few different things that you can do with the Western reins because um, they're so long. I mean, in the English reins, you know, they're, I don't know, six feet long, but they're attached together. Um, you'll have the split reins in the Western world. And um, sometimes people will naturally just try to like wrap them up and it ends up looking very clustered in their hands. And so just holding them, you know, by themselves, or what I like to do also is put them in the crook of the elbow or over their shoulder. And that kind of takes up a lot of the slack without, um, you know, completely losing them. Yeah. Like bunching it up. I always feel like it just looks kind of like disorganized and like you were like frantic and there's, you know, (laughs) I've definitely had the shoot where like the horse is not being well behaved. So I'm just like, I don't even care how you're holding your reins. Like, let's just get a shot really quick. But yeah, definitely like don't want the reins like just dragging all over the floor or bunched up. So I love the, in the crook of the arm over the shoulder. Yeah. I feel like, I honestly feel like there's, a, there's a lot more I feel like you can do with yeah. the Western reins that it, you can do the same pose and then just bring your hand down, crook your elbow and up to your shoulder. And it's like, three poses in one. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I feel like a lot of the times with a Western horse, you can throw like one rein up over the horn or just on mm-hmm. like resting on their neck and have the other rein. Uh, what about with, you know, when you're switching, when you're doing English, like, are you thinking about kind of the same thing with reins? Are you doing anything similar or typically just having them hold them? It's usually just having them hold or um, I'll throw them over the neck too, um, just because the reins are shorter, some poses where you could use a longer rein mm-hmm. um, ends up being a little more difficult with the short English reins, and you just kind of have to throw them over the neck. Yeah, it's almost like Western reins are kind of like a prop of their own, whereas like yeah. English reins are just like they have to be there, but Western reins you get to like play with a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I agree. <laughs> what about? Obviously, this is somewhat discipline specific, but headset, I feel like is a big difference in Western versus English, especially when we're talking about black backgrounds. Yeah. um, And every owner has their preferences. Um, I feel like that is um, also something to touch on because they, some owners, even though it's a dressage horse, and I would typically photograph it with its head up higher. They might love when their head's a little bit more relaxed. So I always kind of try and start a session asking, do you have a way that you want your horse's headset? Because I don't want to pose them and then have them be like, oh, darn, I wish you had their head a little different. Because yeah. um, there are different ways to, you know, pose them for that kind of thing. It just kind of depends on where you get your... um attention getter. It's like, if you get it up high, they're going to be paying more attention up high. And I mean, down low, they'll look down low. Um, I don't really worry about it too much for the um, horse and rider sessions, except for, I don't know, I think the English horses, they can look good with their heads down because they are are so tall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but anytime that I have like a Western pleasure horse that tries to look like a giraffe, I'm like, absolutely not. (laughs) You need to calm down, bring your head down. Your mom is not going to like this photo. It's not going to be chosen for the ad. Like you have to bring it down. And I think just kind of keeping that in mind, same with the, you know, the rainers and the ranchy ponies. Anytime they look like a giraffe, it's usually not the best. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that first like point you touch on about how, like how the owner likes the horse's head. Like I always try and start with like, Hey, like I want them, their head, you know, in about this position. And a lot of times the owner will be like, Oh, I love, you know, when their head is up like this, but like, yeah, knowing what the owner likes. Cause ultimately like we're not taking these pictures for ourselves or just so like we can get a lot of likes on Instagram. Like we want that person to love the way their horse looks. So I think that's like a great point about asking, you know, you can just be upfront and be like, Hey, do you have a certain way that you love the way your horse's head position is? Yeah. And some most of the time they'll say do whatever you want yeah but it is just kind of a nice box to check just because then it would you'd hate to have to go back and see if you got pictures with the horse with their head up higher even though you just delivered a bunch with their head lower yeah yeah no for sure and like the way we might think the horse looks best like i'd love like a lower head with a super flexed neck like showing Mm -hmm. off the neck muscles but like somebody might hate the way their horse looks like that and think they look crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like personally, I think Leo looks best with his head up a little bit higher and flexed. Um, I'm looking at the picture right now and I think that that's like how he is best shown off. Yeah. Um, where other hunters, I've had them bring their heads down, you know, a couple more degrees than his is at, but yeah. that's just my preference. And um I mean, I haven't done too many black backgrounds with Martini to really have a preference. I mean, I just like Martini straight on. I just like his little <laughs> <He's face>. just, <laughs> Mostly adorable and squishy. I love him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But if someone asked me, I would probably tell them a little preference. Or if they, if I was the client and they were, like, um, getting their head too low or too high, I'd probably try and be like, can we get his head, you know, up? off the ground a little bit looks like he's trying to eat dirt you know yeah stuff like that yeah for sure and I do like to try and get like a little bit of a variety of each horse like kind of you know like sometimes you start posing them and their head is you're like in the position you would think you would like and you're like oh no you don't look good like this and you raise it up and just having a little bit more variety um you know see what how that horse looks best yeah and that's another way um it's almost kind of like the the reins thing and being able to do the same pose and just playing with your reins. I think that's another way to get variety in your posing too. Is like, yeah, you might be getting that like curved back shot, but get it with their head up higher, get it with their head medium, maybe not too low. Cause I mean, I don't know, maybe that's your style, but I don't really yeah. like when it's yeah, too it low in the curve shot. Yeah. But you yeah. can still get variety out of the same pose essentially with their head just going up a little higher and lower. Yeah, totally. Which makes me think so combination of reins and headset like with a western horse are you like okay for an english horse black background i am always unless it's a double bridle i'm always having the reins come off the bridle and just clipping the lead rope for black background so we can easily switch back and forth with the western horse would that always be a no for you on taking the reins off of the bridle it's gonna look yeah. weird i would i don't take the reins off the bridle for the western horses they just get crisscrossed over there neck um you have to pay a little bit more attention to make sure that they're not 
um, uneven, but yeah, it's, it just doesn't work if they come off. Yeah. Like I feel like it always looks so weird to have a Western bit with no rings attached. Like it just doesn't, I don't know. I feel like a Western black background is always supposed to have rain. Yeah. And I mean, you can always photograph them naked too. Yeah. Like Western ponies always look really good naked. Yeah. And Western horses oftentimes have really pretty like show halters that are Mm -hmm. not as common in the English world. I mean, like a nice leather halter, but you know, like a really, it doesn't have fancy halter. Yeah, exactly. Dollars. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That is, it is funny because I feel like, you know, just totally like thinking stereotype wise, but people, think English is like, oh, like prim and proper and the expensive stuff, but really like, you know, a Western halter can cost what an English saddle would. (laughs) Yeah. And I know it was probably pretty cheap and I might still do it at some point, but I tried to get a custom head stall to match my saddle, my Western stuff. And they were quoting me like $900. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Which I know some of you probably listening in the Western world are like, that is absolutely nothing. But coming from the English world where, I mean, you do have expensive bridles like that, but that's like top tier. I feel like, yeah. Oh, like you can get a nice bridle English bridle for like four or $500, like a high end one. If that, if that, you you can get a decent show bridle for like, I'd say 250 to 600. Oh yeah. You like usually what you're looking at. Yeah. And I, yeah, I guess I don't know why I thought it. I expected it to be cheaper. Maybe because it's less leather. <laughs> it's like one little strap. I feel like, it's like yeah, one strap over the head and one strap around the ear. And apparently, that's oh my gosh, that is absolute insanity. Sometimes I really think like, oh, I really want to be in the Western world and like just have both. And then you tell me stuff like that, and I'm like, no, I have expensive enough tastes for the English world. I don't think that I could handle the Western world. Right. I I might get one eventually, but I'm also like, how often do I horse show? And I'm only doing like rookie and green. Like, do I really need a don't really need that fancy. silver head stall to match my saddle? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, actually. I fully support it. So while we're talking sort of like stereotypes of the Western versus English world, something that is not always true because every horse is individual, but I do find that like Western horses are typically trained differently than English horses in the sense that they are, I guess, like desensitized to a lot more and the expectations of them, you know, especially a horse who's doing like any kind of like showmanship or halter classes, like Mm -hmm. different expectations of a Western horse like that than your typical hunter jumper. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. um, Usually I have a harder time with ears with the Western horses. Um, sometimes, I mean, Martini's perfect and always puts his ears forward, but <laughs> you're not biased at all. <laughs> no. Um, but I, every horse is pretty individual. Um, I, I will say that I think the Western horses, just cause they are started younger and like in the industry sooner and exposed to so much more, um, really early on that they do become desensitized and they I think have a smidgen more patience Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I kind of feel like I'm fighting the clock with the English horses not all the time honestly 
honestly, I know I've been talking about a, a lot about Martini being the perfect model pony, but it's honestly Leo. <laughs> <laughs> he's really the good one. He has had more experience. So like we have to give him some credit there. Like he's been doing it longer than Martini. Yeah, this is true. We'll get Martini lined up with it, but Martini will get bored and like start biting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ears can be a problem though. Like, although it is a great thing when you have a horse who's desensitized to a lot and, you know, isn't trying to like run all around and is, you know, I mean, stereotypically a quarter horse is, you know, going to be pretty quiet versus if you have like mm-hmm. an off the track thoroughbred or even a warm blood, you know, a quarter horse is usually bred to be, have a little bit quieter of a brain, but yeah, getting yeah. their ears up, like do you have any special tricks or anything you use for that quarter horse that's like, um, I don't have any emotion left for you and I don't care about whatever you're <laughs> flapping around. I can't put my ears forward. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. I think it's, that's an individual thing. I just kind of start creeping through the barn aisle and see what I can grab. Right. Find like <laughs> anything you can. <laughs> yeah. I try to save the, um, ears app as a last resort because that usually will get them too activated yeah but sometimes it may work yeah it, it really just depends um i try and start with you know the least exciting thing and move from there and i think that's a good it's a good practice to have you know five or six or you know just a handful of different attention getters in your in your car to help with it because they'll get bored of one and want to play with the other one. And then they'll be bored of that. And you can just keep switching around. Um, Yeah. I feel like with so many horses, it's almost like a combination of things. Like I have like, it's literally like a cheerleader pom-pom and I have like a stick horse and sometimes you know, like a peppermint wrapper. And it's like, you have to have like the combination. I'm like, okay, I need you to have 12 hands and I need you to shake the pom-pom, then crinkle the wrapper and then put the stick horse out. So they don't actually, you know, it's like that combination yeah. of all the things at once. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I'll have them like drop, um, like rocks on the mirror or something. Cause that'll make an interesting sound. Um, dog squeaky toys are also a good one. Oh yeah. I love that. Um, because they'll like be interested in it, but the squeak will sometimes, you know, get them to not stretch. Um, what's another one that I really like? I'm blanking now, <laughs> but it really is. Yeah. Just like a combination of playing with all the different things and seeing yeah. what they react to the best oh, without sure. spooking them too much. Yeah. I think it is that balance. Like a lot of the times, it's like you want it to work that first second, but sometimes it is about like finessing and finding like that perfect combination. And when they get sick of one thing, like instead of just continuing to try that one like stick horse, like if they're dead with the stick horse, quickly switch to that next prop. And then when they're over that, switch back to the stick horse if you can. Yeah. And I think something that has also helped um, is to have the unbiased third party hold the horse and the owner get the attention because that way they're not in the pocket of the handler. Um, They're just not paying attention to the handler. They're looking at mom who always gives them peppermints. (laughs) I think that helps a lot because I've had it be the other way. And I think I did that. It was actually kind of a later realization that I had with doing that combination instead having them flip flop. But um where, yeah, the, the horse would just want to be in the pocket looking for cookies the whole time and the attention getter couldn't get them to look and you just swap them out. <laughs> a 
all of a sudden the person standing next to them is chopped liver and they're like, oh, the cookies are out there. Yeah. That's that's actually really smart. And like knowing them, knowing the voice of their owner and stuff, like getting the attention that way, like that is, I'm going to use that because I do it the other way typically too, depending on if the, you know, if it's like, I, whenever I'm doing a shoot that's black backgrounds and horse and rider, I'll start with the black background session first and then move to horse and rider. And of course, if the person's all dressed up and it's hot out, I'm like, please, for love of God, stay in the air conditioning and do not come out here for black backgrounds. And like, you know, unless it's the last resort and we're like, Hey, we cannot get your horse's attention. We need you. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I've kind of optimized, I don't do them as much anymore as my black background marathons at, at the barns here locally. Um, but the nice thing about having like an assistant that um, you work with a lot um, is that they will just know your flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've used Trent, my husband, a ton. And we can walk into a barn and he will know my exact flow and exactly how I like my horses to stand. And I think it's a lot easier to direct the owner on where you want the horse to look mm-hmm. instead of trying to get them to square their horse up perfectly and you know what angle I want to photograph um the full body at and stuff like that you can just you know say hey I want them to look to the left I want them to look to the right like I want them to look straight at me and they can dance around behind me all that they want but Trent will make sure that they are standing and doing what they're supposed to do and they don't care about him because they don't he doesn't give them cookies so (laughs) right he's like (laughs) just so boring to them yeah. That, yeah. I think that's, that's really smart. And having, you know, if you are in a situation where you're shooting and you don't have an assistant, like I'm the same as you, I use like basically the same person for every shoot and she like can read my mind knows, you know, a lot of the time when you tell an owner, like I want the horse to stand perfectly square, they don't necessarily know what exactly you're looking for because like, you know, the horse's feet can technically be like square, but like not how you want them to be. You know, like I always want the feet that are closest to me on a full body to be slightly behind the foot that's furthest away from me. But they might be thinking like confirmation shot square where the feet that are furthest away should be both slightly inside. So, you know, having somebody there and if you don't have an assistant who like knows your flow and is reading your mind, being really patient with the owner. And even like, I will pull up like my Instagram and be like, okay, so this is the shot I'm going for and just, you know, have a sample of a horse that I've already done a picture of. And then it like clicks with them because it is hard to, you know, the person is also going to be frustrated because it's their own horse. And everyone assumes that every other person's horse stands perfectly still for a photo shoot. So when their horse doesn't just instantly square up and stand perfectly still, they like, you know, get frustrated. So just reassuring them and, you know, having you being the calm one, you knowing the flow and everything. But yeah, anytime you can have an assistant, especially one that knows your flow is huge, hugely helpful. Super helpful. I'm lucky you that your husband is also a horse person and knows what to do. <laughs> yeah, I am pretty lucky in that aspect. He's well trained. It also means that he knows too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've taken my husband Bobby to a few photo shoots as my assistant, as like bless him, but as an absolute last resort when I didn't have any of my normal, you know, people and like he doesn't know anything about horses other than like what a halter and lead rope is, and it not ideal when he is my assistant and he knows that and he likes when I fire him from the job because he would <laughs> not you know spend his evening doing that at least he's got the photography training down that yeah. you've done he's good at that part 
So let's talk a little bit about something I am so excited about, which is our second annual mastermind. We did one. Was it October of 2021 that we did the one? Yeah. And yeah, I feel it was super fun. <laughs> it was so fun. I've been like dreaming about it since. And so many people have been asking like, hey, when are you guys doing that again? And I'm like, I don't know. Like Kirsten and I are both kind of crazy busy, but we're trying to make it happen. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, where do you want me to start with 2021? I mean, yeah, let's just kind of go over like how the last one went, what, like, what we did, and then we'll kind of move into what our plan is for 2022. Um. Well, it was like the most epic three days of photo shoots with like the most amazing ladies and they're all now my best friends. This is how we make friends actually. We make <laughs> people go and like stay with us in an Airbnb for several days and then we're like, Hey, you're stuck with us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Yeah, so we just uh we had a bunch of different styled shoots. We tried to get a ton of variety. Um you know, do some epicness, but also do more realistic um, type situations and barns. And um, we also did a handful of black background sessions with different horses, which I think was really valuable as well. Cause I, I think a few of the ladies had never done black backgrounds and um, now they're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that like, we, I don't know if we intentionally did it. I guess we did because we had just real horses and riders. But, you know, I think with a lot of styled shoots, like, yes, you're going to go and you're going to get like the most epic freaking pictures of some crazy beautiful horse that you're, you know, never going to get to photograph in real life because it's, you know, just not common and mm-hmm. on some, in some crazy setting and the horse is perfect because that's all it does. And it's a professional model. And although that is like amazing, and I think that there is a ton of value in that, like, I love that we had real horses and humans, so they could be in like a very realistic setting that actually is going to like, help them in their actual photography career, not just to have like a really amazing picture. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked having our couple too, because I know a lot of people are more comfortable, you know, photographing that one person, the one-on-one mm-hmm. with the horse and rider. And then you throw another person in the mix and you're like, what do I do with their hands? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, just getting, you know, a, one horse and one human together and everything looking great is like a challenge in and of itself. And then throwing a whole nother human into the mix and having to make all three parties like work together is a special unique challenge but it also made for like really epic pictures yeah some of my favorites yes we also like we talked about other things at the mastermind you know we kind of went over like marketing yourself working with clients i mean we had a ton of fun we went to like the most fun dinner where we've had remember our waiter (laughs) and he like everything was like it was so like he was like it's so cute and he told us about how he like was TikTok famous, but only because he like stole his sister's TikTok or something. It was just such like, it was a fun girls weekend that was also filled with photo shoots and learning about photography. Yeah. I think that was the biggest part is it didn't feel like a huge, you know, classroom environment. It was just us all kind of collaborating and just kind of asking random questions throughout the day. And, you know, Oh, let me show you how to do this. And, you know, it just kind of 
it was flowed. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it flowed really well. Yeah. It was like casual and laid back enough to where there wasn't like any, I feel like pressure or, you know, like you had to perform or answer questions or ask questions. Like it was just like a good collaboration. And I love getting to be with other photographers no matter what point of their journey they're at and just seeing like their perspective on things like, and what kind of questions they have that might not, I might never have thought of, you know, just getting such a good group of people together. So I'm really pumped. You you never know what you're going to learn because I feel like there's, there's those moments where you might have, there's something that you know, that's like been in the back of your mind and it's like second nature. And then, you know, you share it and they're like, Mind, I'm like this is the most yeah. simple thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I feel like it's like were... a total game changer. Yeah. So, yeah, I will any... just like share that and you know help people. Yeah, it really is. It is like very rewarding being able to like take something that seemed so huge and stressful to someone and be like, oh, that's just this little simple fix. There, they have that like like you said like brain explosion moment where you're like, oh my god, I was stressing about this for how long? Yeah. I wish I would have went to one of these type of things. Like when I had first started out in photography, because I did feel, I mean, there's just a lot to learn, you know? Yeah. And just having that like comfort and being able to just ask a real person who you're just like comfortable with in person, like, Hey, what about this <laughs> is so nice. Yeah. So exactly. 2022 mastermind, we're planning for North Carolina in the fall. Mm-hmm. We're switching it up. I'm excited because I've never been in North Carolina. Oh, it's beautiful in the fall. The leaves turn amazing colors. The weather is pretty perfect. Like I know Arizona has great weather in the fall and the winter, but it'll, I think it'll, it'll be quite a bit chillier here than it was in October in Arizona. If we do like November here in North Carolina, it'll be a little bit chillier. So it'll be different kind of styles. Mm-hmm. going to have a totally different vibe than the desert, but we've got some really fun, fun, exciting things, including horse in the city, which I'm pumped about. Yeah. I'm really excited about that one. Now that we've kind of started planning it out a little yeah. bit, yeah. that one's going to be super fun. Yeah. But I also think like if anyone's seriously interested and they want to learn something specific, you can just let us know. Yeah. If you have any ideas, I think we're still in the planning stages. So if we're like, ah, oh, yeah. Excellent idea. Yeah. That happen. Like, yeah. Kind yeah, of flexibility sure. still. Why yeah. don't you describe, like, okay, say we're planning this out, but we're going to make it like Kirsten's dream photo shoot as one of the style shoots. <laughs> and like, you get to be as crazy as you want. Like, what is that one thing you've been like, oh my gosh, this is the photo shoot I'm dying to do? Well, I don't think we can do it for the mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> Does it involve like another country or something? Or, um, yeah, because my dream location is um, White Sands, New Mexico. Oh, such a beautiful backdrop. Yeah, just something about that location is just gorgeous. Um, but if we were to do my dream photo shoot, not at White Sands. Um, in North Carolina. <laughs> oh man, I would say I like ranchy horses with long manes who are really beautiful and, you know, maybe a touch of high fashion without having it look too 
out out of place. Yeah. Like that combination of yeah. Western, not- horse girl, and high fashion. Yeah. Like nothing that you'd actually wear to the barn, but also, you know, like you are maybe, you know, you ride and you're Western, but you dressed up really nice for an event. Yeah. Without being too couture. I don't know. Yeah. No, I love it. I love that combination of those two things. I think having high fashion and horse together is super fun. But like, yeah. I feel Almost like like editorial. Yeah. Be really cool. I feel like a lot of the time though, like actual high fashion ads with horses, like the horse horrible. is ears pinned back. Was it the one with Kylie Jenner? Was that, or was it like Kim K or something? I think and the horse had like ratchet braids and like <laughs> a nylon halter that was like, didn't fit the horse. And it had like the most ratchet, like jumper braids you could ever imagine. It was like, who didn't, the person who brought the horse there didn't even know how bad that looked. And the horse yeah. were just like pinned the whole time. And they at least need to hire an equestrian savvy creative director for those types of shoots. Oh, for sure. Like someone I'm who available. has stuff. Yeah. Right. Like this is actually our, we're putting our, the word out there, guys. We're ready for like Vogue. Like just hire us. It's fine. We'll come to Paris for the shoot. It's no big deal. No biggie. <laughs> I can move stuff around. Oh, well, I am so pumped for the next mastermind. This is kind of our subtle announcement that it's in works for november 2022 in north carolina i guess yeah i feel like we've been subtly hinting for like a couple weeks yeah it's coming for sure guys like it's gonna be epic i think we're gonna stick to like five photographers again i think it was good to have a really small group of people like it was really intimate and we could not only like have these really cool shoots but be really hands-on and be able to be helpful inside these really cool shoots instead of just being like okay take pictures yeah and i think being able to limit it to five and what I've said before is being able to fit everyone into a vehicle is amazing because honestly that's where like 90% of our best conversations <laughs> happened yes yes uh, was like heading to the shoot or like right when we were done with it and heading back to the Airbnb because it's so fresh in your mind and you can bring up questions or topics in that moment and so I think that was really really valuable to be able to fit everyone in a vehicle. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And be like, as you're headed to a shoot, you know, like, I don't know. I always have like, even though I've been doing this for a long time and have gone to so many shoots, like there's still just like a feeling when you're heading to a shoot, like, you know, thinking about how, like if it's somebody you don't know at a setting, you don't know a horse, you don't know, like, Oh, how is this going to go? You know, what's the horse going to be like tonight? Like how's everything, you know, just all those kind of thoughts. And when you're in a car with a bunch of people who are also about to go do that and you kind of, like talk through things as you're getting there is like really helpful. Yeah. Get nice and comfortable. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kirsten. Well, I want to be mindful of your time, especially since you were so sweet to come on a second time. But oh, yeah. last time <laughs> we, you were we should on- do them. We should do them more often and we can just make them shorter. So yeah. be like all the time. Yeah. Little clips, like little, yeah. we have like our 15 minutes <laughs> with Kirsten once a week or something. <laughs> There we go. I like that idea. Perfect. You're hired. So last Sweet. time you were on, you did not get to do the rapid fire questions at the end because I hadn't really started doing that no, yet. I was very mad about it. I recall like you were really not happy with me. So I was like, okay, I have to get her back on really quickly so I can do the rapid fire questions. So all right, I'm going to ask you really, some questions. Waiting. 
<laughs> You've been like, like keeping this all in your brain. All right. So I'm going to ask you six questions. I want you to answer in one sentence or less. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Your favorite photo shoot you've ever done. Oh, this one might be more than a sentence, but uh, <laughs> you're already failing. <laughs> I have to explain it. Okay. Um, <laughs> the one in Lexington, Kentucky with Sarah and her blind horse general. I knew that was going to be it. I knew that was yep. going to be it. I think it was because it was so unexpected and I hadn't met them before. And then all of a sudden it's epic. Okay. Yeah. That's he had it. no, no eyeballs, right? He had no eyeballs. So amazing. Yeah. So their bond was just incredible to see. I can't even imagine because I almost died wearing a parachute on my horse who has two eyes. So I'm very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> yeah. Core memory for sure. Yes, for sure. Uh, number two, your favorite coat color for a horse. Um, I feel like this one might be obvious. Uh, chestnuts are superior. <laughs> I was definitely going to call Martini and Leo if you didn't say chestnut right then. <laughs> spring or fall photo shoots? Uh, spring. Here's a tough one. Rainers or hunters? That is a tough one. And I can't pick both. <laughs> Shit. Rainers. Oh, I'm calling Leo. Sunrise or sunset? <laughs> sunrise or sunset photo shoot? Um, we'll go with sunset. Good call. Good call. Buy the new lens or buy the new camera? Upgrade that glass first. That seems to be a common answer. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining. Yeah. Um, we got to do the rapid fire questions. I guess the real question is now, if you do like a 15 minute episode every week, do you get new rapid fire questions every week? <laughs> Can you think of rapid fire questions every week? I don't think I could like, I think they would be getting like weirdly specific at a point. So they would probably kind of get weird. Yeah. Well, we'll just do like every now and then we'll do a bigger one. We'll, and we'll throw it in. Rapid fire. Um, yeah. I love that idea. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. And yeah. everybody be on the lookout on both of our Instagrams for stuff about the mastermind coming soon. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Me too. Excited to get to planning it. Me I'm excited too. to meet new ladies and make new friends. <laughs> we are. I feel like we're kind of pitiful. Like we're like, this is how we make new friends. We just want you guys like, yeah, I think that's why we're good. We have to be like really selective though, because we're not just picking people to do like one mastermind that like, you're stuck with us. So <laughs> exactly. The last week, this is, it's on topic. I promise. But, well, I was in Colorado and <laughs> I like rented out a little studio and invited my two friends um, to come and just play and, you know, be creative and do something a little different than outside at golden hour. And so we do the shoot. It's awesome. And I go back to my dad's house and show him some of the pictures. And he was like, how did you meet these people? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, um, they were both clients and I forced them to be my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. So I'm like, how else do people meet friends if it doesn't have to do with photo shoots or horses? Can't even imagine. I don't know. I don't think I'd have any friends. <laughs> no, me either. A hundred percent. All right, Kirsten, thank you so much. And everybody be on the lookout. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, 
I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera, downloading a free app on my iPad, and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six-figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now, I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the Equine Photography Podcast.